Are you tired of the same boring and bland coffee flavors week after week, year after year? Why not try something new and fresh from Bean Quest Coffee? They have flavors like Brazil Peaberry and my personal favorite, Bali Blue Moon Organic, a dark and complex coffee with an exotic and syrupy body and hints of chocolate, vanilla, and spice. Seriously, guys, check them out, and when you do, make sure to use our promo code 10Biscuit at checkout for 5% off your order. Join us on a quest for better coffee today at bean-questcoffee.com. Thanks. Hey guys, Tin Man here. Welcome to another 10 Biscuit Reviews podcast. Don't forget to check the description for useful links or reach out on Twitter at 10BiscuitR or email 10BiscuitReviews at gmail.com. Thank you. It means a lot to all of us. Without further ado, let's go on with the show. So today we're talking about a ghost town... I guess you would call it a ghost town um, in New Jersey called Ong's Hat. Uh, the legends say that um, a group of, or not really a group, a pair, I guess would be the best way to put it. A pair of scientists discovered the means for interdimensional travel, and it's located in said Ong's Hat. Um, yes. That's, that's where it starts. At, at like the highest level that's where this starts yeah <laughs> so i guess maybe just to give you guys a little bit of background about ong's hat it is it's in new jersey it's in a place called the pine barrens um and it's like this huge expanse of forest and uh at at one point there were small but thriving um i mean people have populated this area for thousands of years um and there's a lot of like culture and heritage but at some point these smaller towns uh started losing their populations and so now there's like a bunch of hiking trails that go through you can find a lot of remnants of these smaller towns you know ghost towns where they've been abandoned um, or there's rubble, ruin um, from when these towns existed. So Ong's Hat uh, is in the Pine Barrens and is one of these ghost towns. Right. Um, yeah. Also, fun fact, the Pine Barrens is where the Jersey Devil is supposed to reside. Yes. Apparently, there's there are actually a lot of myths and legends and kind of like infamous people and stories uh lo- that happened in the pine barrens a lot more than i realized oh yeah it's it's a popular um setting i guess for for local legends and stuff um yeah there's also like murders and disappearances and like i guess you could say that for a lot of places but i feel like there's just there's a lot of them condensed into this area <laughs> yeah i don't know if i wonder if there's a reason for it you know because I was reading this legend, or this topic, whatever you want to call it, um, and they were saying the the surrounding area around Ong's Hat has almost like a Blair Witch vibe, you know? Really? Um, so, like, even as, you, as you're walking towards where Ong's Hat is, I think there's, like, a road called, like, Ong's Hat Road or something like that, mm-hmm. that it, it just kind of gives you this like eerie feeling um almost like i mean there's you know hundreds and thousands of roads out there that are said to be haunted you know yeah um and so it, it kind of seems like it's almost developed its own ghost story so. yeah it just has like a vibe or like an aura about right. it right yeah that's so interesting huh also fun fact they grew a lot of cranberries and blueberries there. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Which kind of cuts through that that uh mystery aura, but fun but fun fact, they do produce a lot of blueberries and cranberries. All right. Not only do they have the means for interdimensional <laughs> travel, they're solving uh urinary tract infections one cranberry at a time. Yep, and antioxidant antioxidants. Uh, is that what blueberries do? Have yes. antioxidants. Yes, they do. Yeah. So okay. That's, that's kind of like the setting of where this happens. So right. 
it's already in an area that kind of has these weird vibes. There's a lot of history behind it and a lot of other strange myths and legends associated with the area. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, even just how the town of Ong's Hat got its name is a little weird. Um, did you come across how it got its name? Yeah, I thought it was kind of goofy. It's really it, goofy. Yeah, and I I was surprised by how many people talked. So, like, when I was doing research and reading articles, a lot of articles start with how the town was named, and it kind of, like, I don't know if people are interested in that or not, but it's, the story doesn't really fit together with with the Ong's Hat, like, legend. No. I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it really doesn't. It doesn't. So, okay. So, we're sitting here talking about how it got its name. We're going to tell you how it got its name. So, apparently, back in, I believe it was the 1700s, right? Mm-hmm. This dude um, with the last name of Ong... Uh, apparently it was a popular name back then um he was a bit of a player a bit of a ladies man and he was known for his silk hat and so i guess he was found out by uh, a jealous lover and she got really mad and so she stomped the hat and so he got really mad that she stomped his silk hat his famous silk hat and so he threw it into a tree and that's how the town got its name. It's such like a, it's such an odd story. It's very odd, especially when you're like, okay, uh, what does this have to do with interdimensional travel? You know, like it yeah. doesn't mesh. It doesn't fit together. It's it's very goofy. Like you said, it's I very it's, goofy. It, it's just a historical tidbit. It really doesn't have anything to do with the, with the Ong's hat myth um the myth the the legend urban legend is just named after this location right and the location has a goofy town name (laughs) right so i don't know i guess i guess for me the interesting thing is that no matter which article you or at least the of the majority of articles and videos that i found um they all like you said they all start with it and for some reason (laughs) it it doesn't fit with the rest of the article mm-hmm. like but it doesn't ult- make sense yeah but ultimately i mean you know you get a historical tidbit uh why is it named ong's hat you may ask well there's your answer <laughs> and um but yeah it has nothing to do with the actual urban legend uh beside being named for the area okay <clears throat> do we want to jump into like a little bit more in depth about the legend itself. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I kind of want to start it off by talking about its history, if that's okay. 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 So I mentioned uh, before I hopped on with Tin Man that this urban legend has been around for a long time. So it was one of the first like big urban legends to hit the internet mm-hmm. <laughs> to cir- to circulate around the internet um so it popped up or started popping up like in the 80s through like paper mailers like that's when it started this ong's hat myth started appearing and then with the introduction of the internet it started circulating so again this has been around for a really long time and even the um, some of the articles that I was reading, I mean, there people are still talking about it, right? They're still writing articles and putting out information about this legend. So I, I think that's really cool that it's been around so long. Yeah, it's like three decades or so that this um, this legend has been around. Because like you mm-hmm. said, it started in the 80s and it really didn't start to like fizzle until the late uh 1990s and early 2000s so it's it's almost like three decades that it's been like you said circulating and um being talked about and things are you know so obviously some of the information out there is a little bit uh uh, not 
I mean, the whole thing's weird, but like it doesn't fit with the original um, idea, right? Mm-hmm. And so some of it is you you can clearly see it's clearly like tacked on, um, but like yeah, it's it's been around for the longest time. Um, it's like you said, it's one of the old, world one of the oldest uh, internet sensations, I guess. Message yeah. boards. Um, you know, videos, articles, everything you can imagine. People were talking. People were talking about it. It's like a local thing. Kids still apparently go there to this day to see what they can find or anything like that. So it, it's definitely had a lasting impact on not just the internet community conspiracies, like the internet conspiracy communities, but the locals too. Mm-hmm. So it's not just some random one-off thing. Yeah. So I mentioned that it started popping up in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. So what started this whole thing was a piece of literature. Um, and later with the internet, the pages were scanned. People could look at them. But it it was like an actual like paper pamphlet. <laughs> And it was called Ong's Hat, Gateway to the Dimensions. So if you take a look at it, I'll, I'll show it on my screen. Uh, I think I have the, oh, maybe I don't have the actual one up. I'll try and find it. But basically, it was this pamphlet. It was like in full color. And the pamphlet was put out by the Institute of Chaos Studies and Moorish Science Ashram. <laughs> Yes. Which is quite a mouthful. Um, yes. But basically the gist was that there was this ashram in Ong's Hat and they were studying uh, these chaos sciences um, and trying to develop new discoveries. And they just they just lived and worked in the middle of the Pine Barrens in this like in the ghost town of Ong's Hat, right? Yeah, I mean, it. it's... So, what's the best way to put this? Um, so, like you said, they're trying to develop the chaos studies or chaos theory or something like that. I think it's kind of, like, interchangeable. Um, but... The Moorish, so do you, do you know uh, about the Moorish? No. Okay, so Moorish um, is, well, okay, so there's this big thing going on now. Well, not necessarily now, but it's kind of like, uh, it's been propping up more recently is these Moorish sovereign citizens, right? Mm-hmm. And so basically they they think, or they believe that based on, I can't remember, I can't remember what the, uh, the name of the thing is, but it's like some kind of common law book, right? That they, they mm-hmm. found. And basically what, what they do is they, um, they believe that they are afforded all rights of citizenship but they don't have to follow any of the laws of America. Does it make okay. sense? Yes. So, like, the Moorish... I, I was... What I'm trying to get at is I don't know if the... <laughs> I don't know if these Moorish sovereign citizens have any th- any connection to the Moorish ashram. Ashram. Oh, ashram. Ashram? Yeah, however you say it. Yeah. I, that's what I was trying to get at. Is, like... Okay. <laughs> I read that, that they were Moorish, and I was like, oh, great, these guys... Um, yeah, I, I didn't, I don't know a lot about them, to be honest. Okay. I, I think that's, it's a little bit past what I, what you were able about. to, I think that if, um, people want to look it up, basically, yeah, it was members of this Moorish ashram who, what they broke off and started living in Ong's hat. Isn't mm-hmm. that is that's kind of what happened, and then they formed this new ashram. Okay. Right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So 
I mean, the, yeah, the, the, yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know a lot about the original group that, group that broke off to move to Ong's Hat. Okay, the but Moorish. either way, yeah. either way, <laughs> they went there to study these chaos science, sciences, chaos theories, um, in hopes to... In in hopes to discover new means of travel, they were yeah, just yeah. I think so I think the the goal of what they were doing was they were performing experiments to try and their theory was that the human brain was able to was capable of more than than we thought it was capable of essentially okay. it's sort of like unlocking the brain's hidden potential <laughs> so that's kind of what the scientists were doing right and this was led so there was the you know you have this ashram but as part of the ashram there were two scientists called the dobbs twins and i guess they were kind of the lead on this project um but they were a pair of princeton scientists who left because I think they were kicked out. They were kicked out because their their thoughts and theories were like too extreme, or the experiments they ran were not like it wasn't quite kosher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, that's they start performing these experiments, and what they end up developing is this thing called the egg. Do you want to talk about the egg? Yes. So so the egg is um, basically, okay, so you, what's the best way to describe it so that I can get someone's, get a picture in someone's head? Almost like a... I think I have a picture of it. But it doesn't, it doesn't exactly look like an egg. Like it's from the side, it kind of, of like looks like an egg, but not... Like it doesn't look like a chicken egg to me. To me, it looks more like, um, like some kind of like. A... It's sort of like a womb. Yeah, like a womb. <laughs> Which or... I guess that's what kind of what an egg is. I mean, but technically, it is vaguely egg shaped. I, I was almost. I would almost say it looks more like a. Um, uh, what are those? Those like hyperbolic sleep chambers. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, I think that's what it was supposed to be. It's like a, a sense deprivation chamber. Is that what they're called? Yeah, sensory or, deprivation. Or just, just, yeah, sensory deprivation chamber. So that's essentially what it is. It's like a small, confined space. Right. That they developed to, I don't know what they did inside of it, but it was to unlock their brain's hidden potential, essentially. Right. And... Yeah. With that, they, I guess they put a gen someone inside, and he, the whole thing left, right? The whole, the, the general, the person that was inside, and the, um, the chamber itself, like, disappeared. Um, yeah, just and, like, out of thin air, just. Right, and I think it was seven minutes, if I recall, seven minutes that it was gone, and then it came back, and the, the guy was like, hey, look, check it, right? I found this new dimension. Like, that's where it took me, was a new dimension. And so from there, they started experimenting more, right? And, um, and yeah, they apparently found interdimensional travel by way of an yeah. egg. Basically, they described it as a parallel parallel Earth. Right, parallel uh, Earth where, where humans hadn't um, they hadn't they didn't exist. That's yeah, it I was, was just trying to Earth think of without it. humans. Yeah, it was yeah Earth without humans. That sounds like it would be interesting. Yes. So apparently, there exists a parallel Earth without humans, which I guess makes sense if you believe in the parallel um parallel dimension theories right I the think multiverse most of them say there's basically an infinite amount 
of parallel dimensions and right. anything you can think of exists in one of those. Right. It stands the reason that there would be a, a universe or a dimension where the big bang or what have you, whatever you believe in didn't happen. Yeah. So it, it, yes. it's like the, it, the statistics would say that it would happen. Yeah. Probability. So, so basically they develop this egg, they discover, you know, interdimensional parallel travel. Um, and what ends up happening is, there's not an accident, but an event that happens. Um, so there's a nuclear accident that happens at a military base near where Hat is located. And there is, uh, you know, the potential for radiation poisoning. Right. So authorities are sent out to make sure that everyone's cleared. Um, and they discover the Hat facility um but instead of vacating the area what ends up happening is supposedly they use the egg to transport all of their buildings belongings whatever it is that they deemed essential one by one to this alternate parallel universe right so they just up and they just, they just up bounce. and bail they just, they just leave. bounce <laughs> We're out. Instead of risking people discovering what they're working on. Right. But the interesting thing to me, when you mentioned that they, they took the egg and left, right? They like they did went to the other dimension. Um is that apparently the the gate, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. is supposedly still there today. Um so I think they, they left a building there to house the egg when they came back. And right. that's what you're talking about, right? Right. Kind of but key. what I'm trying to what I'm getting at is if they were worried or if they didn't want anybody to find their stuff, they did a pretty bad job if they left it behind. Does that make sense? Well they they left a they left a building. I don't think anything was in the building. It was oh, okay. just like a location okay. for the egg to to land. <laughs> okay. When it yeah, when it travels, I think. Okay. Okay, fair enough. From my understanding, I think that fair, was the fair case. enough. I, I guess I miss <laughs> I misread it. Then that's but, fine. But I mean, just the building being there is proof that this, well, you know, proof that this happened or that they existed, right? Right. There was <laughs> at least someone doing something there. They they left traces of of their work behind. Right. Yeah. So, so now that we've we've given a overview of the, the the legend itself do we want to go to the next step yeah all right uh go ahead you want me to do the honors yeah you can do the honors all right so everything that we just talked about and described is not true it's a big old <laughs> hoax it is a huge hoax so I mean, we talk a lot of, about uh, conspiracies, about a lot of conspiracies and urban legends and myths. So obviously, they are things where you don't know if they're true or not, right? right. There's, no, there's no viable evidence. So there are people who believe and people who don't. But you really can't prove it one way or another, right? When you talk about Bigfoot, he could exist. He could not exist, but there's like not he exists proof either way. Right? He exists. He exists. <laughs> yeah, he exists. If you guys haven't watched our Bigfoot episode, definitely um, do it. It's a good one. That's a good one. So definitely check it out. Um, but this one, I, I was going to say definitively, but this myth went on for years and years and years and kept growing getting bigger more people got involved um and it became this huge story but ultimately um there was one guy who was behind a lot of the like big advances um in evidence of this legend mm -hmm. who came out and specifically said you know hey guys this has gone on a long time um, I'm tired of doing this, you know, I'm just going to come out and say it, that this is a hoax. Like, right. I made this up. It's a story that I wrote. 
Now, even though he came out and said that, and I think that was what, 2000? Uh, yes. 2001? Early so, 2000, yeah. Yeah. So this went on about 10 or 15 years before he came out and said, this is all false. But by that time, so many people had gotten involved in it and believed in it and were actually adding to the mythology of this legend that there are a lot of people who didn't believe him. Yeah, I <laughs> think... said, yeah, good. Well, what I was going to say is, like, despite knowing now that it is a hoax, okay, despite knowing all of that, that everything that we just said about the egg and interdimensional travel and all that, um, that's all a hoax. Now, whether or not Ong's hat is named Ong's hat because some dude threw his hat at a tree, I don't know. I don't know if that's definitively not the right way. Anyways, um, but stuff regarding the legend, despite all of that being a hoax, I think it's almost more interesting that people don't believe it. That people, like you said, have been adding to the conspiracy, even to this day. Um, for me, it was actually really hard to find an article about the Ong's Hat uh, theory that said that it was a hoax. A lot of them still take it serious. A lot of them still, um, they don't mention that this guy, uh, Joseph Matheny, was the creator of it and he came out and said it was a hoax. They just kind of like leave it up to your own interpretation. And yeah. I think that is more interesting to me at least than the, the theory as a whole and the power that one story on the internet has to transform and evolve over the years to include so much more than this guy ever thought it would. Um, I think that's the interesting part. Yeah, it's it is really cool how this kind of took it took on its own like became its own entity almost, right? So right. this guy developed it, he started it, he kind of like fed the fire, but yeah, like you said it just it kept on growing bigger and even after he announced that it was a hoax, there were still people who who believed and kept growing it. Um and of course, the the people who still believe are like, oh, well, you know, the government paid him to say that because they don't want people to know this exists. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, he has to keep it secret. So he stays or he has to say it's a hoax. So he stays safe. Maybe there are people who don't like that he released all this information. So it's kind of like the typical conspiracy, yeah. <laughs> like, reasons behind doing that. But it, this... Essentially, if if you believe uh, the creator, if you believe that this is a hoax, um, then it's really the beginning of um, ARGs, so augmented reality games. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it's really cool how so many people got involved in this game. Right. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, to take it, to the point where they are camping out on his lawn and saying, hey, tell us what you know about, you know, Ong's hat. Tell us everything you know. Um, and this guy's like, dude, I don't I don't want to talk about it anymore. Like, it's done. It's over with. It's a hoax. I'm done. Um, yeah. To take it that far to where they're camping out on his lawn, they're, I mean, it's almost to the point of, like, stalkers. You know? Yeah, people were angry. I mean, people were angry and super invested <laughs> in this hoax. Yeah. yeah, to the point where they were camping on his lawn or sending him hate letters Death, or yeah, like, like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, like serious like threats, you know? And yeah. not only that, but like I said before, they're they're adding to this story. You know, I mean, people are saying that even just reading or reading about Ong's hat or the theory or watching a video about Ong's hat or the theory will cause you like discomfort, you know, like you'll start getting yeah. sick, you'll start feeling weird, you'll start seeing stuff. And 
it almost even after the guy ends it it almost takes on a life of its own and it becomes like its own living breathing theory of its own because these um these people are so invested in it that they don't let it die right yeah and well, it so, has such an impact on them if they right. if they are physically affected by reading this literature about the theory then yeah i mean it's kind of hard it's kind of hard not to be invested and curious in the theory i mean for sure and i mean go ahead i was gonna say um also to one of your earlier points um questioning you know the the uh questioning whether the town name was actually legitimate or not like the reasoning behind the town name I think that's what made this uh, story so engaging is because he actually, I mean, he was mixing reality with fiction. So some of the content of, um, in the pieces that he wrote, they're, they're actually things that happened. I believe that the nuclear accident is actually something that was covered up by the New New Jersey government for quite a while. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's things like that, that make it so engaging because you can't tell, you know, what's like where the real stuff ends and where the, you know, uh, fiction starts. Right. You can't see where that line's drawn. Yeah. But he also involved other local urban legends. Um, so it was just, it, it felt very real, I think, to the people reading it because they're like, oh, yeah, I know about that. I know or I remember that happening Mm -hmm. and it just like draws them in. Right. I mean, that's the best way to do it, right? If you if you want to make it seem as real as possible, you have to make it fantastical, but not so fantastical that it's out there, Um, (laughs) which I, I guess that's. I guess you could make it really fantastical because somebody's going to believe you no matter what. Um, but to get the masses on your side, you have to make it seem like this is plausible. I remember that. Like you said, I remember that. I remember the, the nuclear reactor. I remember, you know, the the marker for the town or, you know, whatever, that building. I've been there. Um, and so that's, I guess it's the best way to do it is to make it, as plausible as possible. Yeah. So I think he, the guy, what is the guy's name who wrote this? Uh, Joseph Joseph. Matheny. Yeah. So he put out three like pretty large pieces of content. I think that are kind of like the, the pivotal pieces of this story. And he, he is a writer and he's written other books. And I think that the, after he came out and said this was all a hoax, he actually wrote a novel that I believe sort of, it was like a an introspection of, you know, internet phenomenon mm-hmm. based on this, uh, this whole process, which is kind of cool. But um, the three pieces of content were the original pamphlet, um, the, what is it? The... In, in uh, Inkinabula? In, yeah, something like that. Inkinabula. Um, which had, like, case files and, like, government reports and, um, like, interviews with people who supposedly grew up at Onks Hat. Um, and then towards the end of it all, when when people were starting to add to this myth and it started growing almost out of control he published what is it ong's hat the beginning right to yeah. kind of like lasso everything back in because the story was getting so out of control um that it was like look here's the definitive collection of everything ong's hat there's interviews there's testimonials like this is the end all be all of ong's hat and anything mm-hmm. else is like you know not correct (laughs) right so it's kind of neat to see the process of you know the beginning 
um, you know, stoking the fire of this legend, um, kind of seeing him try to rope it in at the end. And then eventually he's just like, all right, guys, it's a hoax. Like, let yeah. it go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, like it just got so out of hand. Like I said, they were, there were people adding to the story. Um, people adding to the story. They were making up new parts to the story, stuff that didn't, you know, it had never been talked about, never been mentioned before. Um, and so I think in order to, in order to somewhat keep his project, I guess we'll call it, um, in order to keep it together and his own, he had to eventually make that, that final book on Ong's hat at the beginning. And, it, you know, these, these aren't like real testimonials. They're not real interviews. They're, you know, they're fake, right? They're like, they're scripted, they're staged. Um, and so I think that he had to make that in order to keep it his own. Right. Yeah. Um, and but I even think that's go ahead. I don't know. Like I can't imagine coming up with this piece of fiction and and seeing it grow like that. That would just be crazy to become like this phenomenon. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that's the power of the internet, right? I mean, mm-hmm. people they find something that they relate to that they have a personal experience or they've dealt with something similar or something like that and they they latch onto it and you know that one person turns into two people those two people turn into four and it grows exponentially until you have this group that are all throwing ideas on what this could be what it was you know everything anything like that they're they're throwing all that stuff into a big melting pot and seeing what cooks out and um like i said it's the power of the internet you you know you have kids in the areas to this day saying like i said they they have weird feelings they go searching for you know the things that have been talked about in these clearly fake books that the guy the gentleman said hey this is fake you know but they go searching for it anyway because it's so ingrained in their in their culture of the area so But it was, I don't know, it's definitely a, a, a relic. I don't know if you could call it a relic. Maybe the, the original Ong's Hat uh, storyline is definitely a relic of the early internet. And um, it's just, it's also neat to see how, I, I haven't been directly involved in any augmented reality games, but um, I know that like gaming companies will do them. I think there's one for Portal. I think there's one for um well, for Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, maybe Half-Life. Uh but there there are plenty that exist where, you know, easter eggs are hidden. People kind of follow this trail, go down this rabbit hole. Um and so it it I think that args existed in a in a sense before um, you know, the internet, but this really paved the way for these, you know, online args, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. It's 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 essentially just one giant role-playing game, right? I mean, yeah, you know... It's a, it's a puzzle. To, yeah, it's like a puzzle role-playing game. Right, but I mean, instead of there being like... Instead of there being like a tabletop, the the board is... The entire you know the 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 world it's the it's earth mm-hmm. and so it's a very interesting concept you know to think about how to how you would take a an idea put it out into the world and have that be the game right mm-hmm. and i think that's part of i think that the guy the gentleman joseph matheny wanted it to grow into something similar to what it did grow into but not 
what it did grow into. Does that make sense? Yeah, it almost... He couldn't... It became something he couldn't control anymore. Right, exactly. Yeah. If you think of him as, like, a dungeon master in Dungeons & Dragons, he's no longer the top dog. He's... The players are just doing whatever they want. Right. They're just... (laughs) They're Things out, are going crazy. Yeah. They're outside wrestling orcs for bread, and he's like, I don't even know how to control this anymore. This is not, I, didn't, I don't know what this is going on. Well, I think there comes a point, too, when, when you start this piece of fiction, you start a story, and you want to see it grow, but there, I mean, there has to be a stopping point, right? I mean, I guess either it could have just fallen into... Um, you know, the oblivion of the internet and just kind of fizzled out. Um, or, I mean, there would have had to have been a point, and I, and I guess he reached it where it did grow so big that he had to cut it off. But, I mean, he, it was supposed to be something fun. I mean, I think that was the intention um, something mysterious, something fun. And, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is eventually there had to be an ending point, whether it was him ending it or it fizzling out. But his intention was never to, you know, let this live on as mm-hmm. as a real urban legend. Yeah, I agree. I, I wonder, though, what his ideal endgame would have been um, had it not grown to this giant mammoth theory that they still don't believe him to this day, you know. Yeah. Um, I wonder what his ideal ending would have been. Mm-hmm. Because I, I mean, I, maybe I mean, it what maybe it was just an experiment um, to see what would happen. Because that's like I said, he his book after he called you know na- named this as a hoax. His book after this was a deep dive into you know how how the internet reacts to things mm-hmm. how the internet reacted to this so maybe it could be called more of an experiment maybe he just wanted to see what would happen yeah i thought i read somewhere that the book is being used in like psychological case studies on like how um the community interacts with each other and with like a prompt you know um but i I can't seem to find that now so it's the book is called this is not a game a guide to alternate reality gaming so did he did he coin that phrase i'm not sure interesting um well so it says the term ARG wasn't yet popular when he started posting about Ong's hat. Oh, so maybe he just adopted the terminology um, when he wrote this book. Because he, like I said, he announced that it was a hoax in 2000. And then this book came out in 2005. So he may have just adopted it. Okay. But he he was calling it a living book experiment, apparently. Okay. Um, says the way I used to describe this was it's like a role playing game, but the board is not a table, it's the world. <laughs> I just said he stole it oh, from yeah, me. Oh yeah, sorry. He stole it from me. You heard it here first. You guys, you guys can hear it again. You heard it from me first though. I said it first. He stole it from me. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So that's the living the living book experiment. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, yeah, so then I guess my what if it's if it's an experiment, it has to end at some point. Right. So there could have been multiple ways to end it, but it was just so popular that he had to actually come out and say, "Hey guys, this is not real." And right. even then, people didn't believe him. Right. I mean, it's almost like um, it it almost has some similarities to the Slender Man. Um, I don't know if you remember that internet sensation. Uh, yeah years back but it got to the point where uh there were those two teenage girls that killed their friend mm-hmm. and they said that it was because they were sacrificing her to slender man like he told them they had to so it's another one of those things where it's like people take it too far and it was never meant to go that way but it yeah. just 
that's the power of the internet, right? Yeah, I mean, I think creepypastas kind of skirt that line. Like, there's there's some overlap between args and creepypastas, right? Oh, A for sure, bit. for sure. Because something like Slenderman obviously started out as a creepypasta, but then again, people started adding to the mythology of it, and it becomes its own entity. Right. Um, so yeah. then you you start blurring those lines between, you know, is this a game? Is this real? Are there parts, some parts that are real, uh, and some parts that aren't? So, especially if you're a kid, <laughs> right? And you know, you have to be careful about what you read on the internet. Well, not only <laughs> let, that. Let this be a warning to those. Don't always trust what you read on the internet. For sure. Definitely don't do that. But also, it also begs the question. I guess it doesn't beg the question. But so I've always been a believer that, like, if you believe in things, you'll start to see them. So if you believe in ghosts and you actually want to see ghosts, you're going to find a ghost, right? Or if you believe um, that you're sick, you're going to start to feel like crap. Okay? So you're talking about it in more of a, like, mind over matter kind of sense? Yeah, like I'm saying... it hard enough? I'm saying if you believe it hard enough, you're going to start thinking that the Slender Man is talking to you. Or that this or yeah. egg is real. So your, your brain is showing you what you... What right. You, it thinks you want to see. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's it's no different than, like, you know, compulsive liars who lie all the time. That's all they do is lie. They start to believe those lies, you know, to the point where they're, like, they have a full story behind the, the lie. You know what I mean? Um, so. I, yeah. Right. And I think I, I know that there is a scientific explanation of why that happens i actually just watched a video on it it was a video on why our brains put patterns together when there might not be patterns or why you see things or hear things that aren't actually there mm -hmm. and so it's it's actually more of a survival tactic right so if you're walking outside and it's dark and you hear a noise or you see something and you might think it's a ghost, right? Because that's what your brain is. Your brain is like making that connection. Mm -hmm. It's actually because we're wired to err on the side of caution. So if we think something is scary, we're going to stay away from it. It might not be something dangerous, but it might be. And so we are wired to think that it's scary to err on the side of caution. <laughs> I can't remember what that term is called. Fair enough. Um, or that phenomenon, but it was really interesting. Fair enough. I've always said. I think said... that's kind of what you're talking about is if you, or it's kind of in the same vein, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, I've always said, you know, don't be afraid of what's in, don't be afraid of the dark, be afraid of what's in the dark, right? right. <laughs> because the dark can't hurt you. It's what's in the dark that can hurt you. And so yeah. if you believe that something's in the dark, that something's waiting to get you, you're, you're going to start believing that something's in the dark waiting to get you. Yes. So. But it ultimately keeps you safe because there actually may be something in the dark that's trying to get you. That's true. There might be. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Also, fight or flight kind of plays into that as well. Like... If you think something is going to get you, you know, but yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So. You know, we took this, we took this, this internet hoax, um, and turned it into a more like psychological discussion on <laughs> stuff. And that's nice. You know what I mean? Like that's, mm -hmm. it's, it's fun to be able to talk about more than just the theory itself. Yeah. Like I said earlier, if you if you believe in the creator saying that this is a hoax, 
then, you know, just the fact that he was using this as an experiment of sorts, Mm -hmm. I think is you kind of have to talk about the psychological side because that's, that's really all it is, is this group of people, this phenomenon, um, you know, the introduction of the internet causing this sensation. Yeah. Um, But if you don't believe the creator, if you think he's been brainwashed or paid off by the government, then the myth itself is also just really cool. So you could really go either way, right? right? Both sides of this story are equally interesting. So let me ask you this. Um, do you think that the reason it took off so much way beyond this guy's this guy ever thought it would do you think the reason for that is because it was it was right there at the birth of the internet? Um, I mean, I think it's just because the internet was there as a vehicle for it. Because mm-hmm. there are still plenty of urban legends or creepypastas that spread across the internet now. I mean, they right. still they still exist. Args still exist, and plenty of people are involved in them. So I think that, I think it was just the vehicle, right? So there's this guy who's kind of like right place, right time. He already had this idea. He had, you know, physical pamphlets. He's like, Hey, the internet can do all these things. I can reach all these people. And he just like used that and ran with it. Now I don't I don't think it obviously it wouldn't have been as successful without the use of the internet. Because apparently there were people got things in the mail or in newspapers and like args is existed in physical formats before the birth of the internet. So hmm. I don't I I was a kid. I mean I grew up pre-internet. Really? But you I were don't a kid? Know if I, huh? You were a kid. I thought you were I, just born thirty years old. I was, <laughs> I was born this way. I I pooped at thirty. You just she she was born yesterday, actually. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think I was old enough to engage in those sorts of things. You know. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. So I don't know. What do you think? Uh... I think it's I think it's a combination of of both. Honestly, I think that you're right. The vehicle, you know, the internet was there as a vehicle to help you know fan the flames, so to speak. But I also think that I'm not sure it would reach as large of an audience now nowadays because nowadays you have so many people that their first their first thought, their first response to anything is, "Oh, that's fake." Like that's fake and then they just keep on saying how it's fake um yeah that's a good point so it's kind of like people weren't used to the ways of the internet or the way that the internet has become right i mean it's it's a little more innocent i think that you know you if you get right there at the birth of the internet you know you have these people that are like oh man this is really neat look all this stuff i can find out look all this stuff i can learn about and they read it and you know we didn't know back then that the internet was full of bullshit right <laughs> you know we because for for us as kids growing up with the internet it was a way to get any information you wanted at your fingertips mm-hmm. you know you didn't need an encyclopedia because the encyclopedia was online um and so i think that i think it it really helped being at the birth of the internet because people took it as fact. They took it at face value instead of trying to find the deeper, you know, hoax that it was. Yeah, that's true. I I think I would agree with you on that. I hadn't thought about that. Um, But yeah, there were were many internet lessons that we had not learned yet. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, kind of... The right place, the right time, a new technology uh, as the vehicle. Um, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think being there at that time did help it reach a larger. Well, 
I think that it could still maybe reach a large audience now, but I think that the amount of people that would actually believe it, those numbers would be a lot slimmer. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, 100%. That's what I think. Yeah. That's all I have. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, I think we, I think we covered a lot of it. I just want to say, you know, if you guys are interested in uh, hearing or reading more about this, um, you know, there are all of, I mean, there's, there's a huge amount of information actually associated uh, with the Ong's Hat hoax. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you go and uh, look at all of the free stuff that's out there, the original pamphlet, um, the, uh, what is it called? In, in, inculoculum or whatever. Inculabra. <laughs> whatever. In, yeah. Inculabra. Um, I mean, that document is out there. You can read it. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to go down a really deep rabbit um of Ong's hat then you know definitely check it out because there's a lot a lot to the story that we didn't cover in this episode because yeah. it, it would be a lot to cover i would say one piece of advice though i would i would look up this this theory quote-unquote theory even knowing that it's a hoax look it up on google and see who or how many articles you can find that don't call it a hoax that don't yeah. uh, mention that it was you know fake because i'm telling you there's a lot there's a lot of articles and websites that have that kind of leave it up to your own interpretation which is is really neat because like i said i didn't know until biscuit told me that it was a hoax and sent me a video i didn't know yeah I was ready to be like, oh, man, I'm in on this. Let's go. But, you know, like, look it up because that, to me, is an interesting aspect that even though the guy has come out and said it's a hoax, even though there are websites that you can find that say it's a hoax, a lot of the websites don't talk about it. Yeah. Um, also, on a similar note, if you guys are interested in this kind of stuff, um, I don't know if they're technically ARGs. They might be called something else, but um, there are a lot of like spooky Twitter accounts where it's you're kind of like walked through this story that's seemingly real. Um, Twitter is great for that. And YouTube, there are a lot of like spooky YouTube accounts that create um entire narratives or storylines um around uh, i don't I, they're kind of all over the place but essentially spooky things with hidden messages um secret text you know people try to solve puzzles in these videos or on these twitter accounts so if you're interested in them definitely check out those avenues as well because i feel like they're kind of more modern day versions of this um yeah. So it's it's kind of neat. I came across some of those the other day. Yeah, and you know, um, Twitter is like you said, it's a really good one for it because you only get snippets right at a time um, because it's what seventy characters, one hundred and forty characters, something like that, on Twitter, and so it's not like a movie where you're like watching it and it progresses, like you know, it progresses constantly it's like it kind of like it's like in hits right mm -hmm. so it's like it, a story it, over time right <laughs> and so yeah. it, it it's kind of like feeding you information but it's not i don't know what i'm trying to say does that make sense like it's it's feeding you the information but it's at a slower pace so you can like process it and kind of like put yourself in there you get more involved in it right more Thank invested <laughs> yeah well, well yeah that's that's all i have um i guess my last comment is if you guys have myths urban legends conspiracies uh anything similar that you want us to talk about uh you can always 
uh, send them to either me or Tin Man yep. uh, via Twitch, Discord, social media. Twitter. What is our social yep. media handle? All that stuff. What? What do you say? What is our social media handle? Uh, at Tin Biscuit R. Tin Biscuit R. On um, Twitter. And then Gmail is TinBiscuitReviews at gmail.com. Yep. So we're always looking for cool and interesting things. Yes, we are always looking for new ideas to talk about. Um, if there's a specific one, like you said, that you want you want to hear us talk about, make sure to reach out because uh, well, more than you know, as long as it's not like super out there. You know what? No, even if it is super out there, we'll we'll probably listen. We'll probably take a take a listen and and talk about it. I mean, we talked about the time cube for crying out loud. <clears throat> Yeah, and I'll I'll check that one out. The... But other than that, I have nothing else. Biscuit, I appreciate you being my co-host. Yes, of course. Thank you very much, and thank you guys for hanging out and listening to us talk about spooky things. Uh, hope to see you at our next episode. Yep. Have a good one, guys. This has been another Tin Biscuit review with Hotter Biscuit, me, and Tin Man, streamed live on Twitch every other Tuesday. Make sure to check the description for useful links and feel free to leave a review. Thanks, everyone.